Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, the 9th of February, 2021. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 78, verses 1 through 39, Isaiah 59, verses 1 through 15a, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, and the Gospel of Mark chapter 9, verses 42 through 50. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation will reach to the end of the earth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth their glory. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it. And your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. God has shown forth their glory. O oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 39. Give ear, O oh my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell, the, tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of God and God's might and the wonders that God has done. God established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which God commanded our ancestors to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep God's commandments. And that they should not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. 
the Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to God's law. They forgot what God had done and the miracles that God had shown them. In the sight of their ancestors, God worked marvels. In the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan, God divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the water stand like a heap. In the daytime, God led them with a cloud and all night long with a fiery light. God split rocks open in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. God made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against God, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Even though God struck the rock so that water gushed out and torrents overflowed, can God also give bread or provide meat for God's people? Therefore, when God heard, God was full of rage. A fire was kindled against Jacob. God's anger mounted against Israel because they had no faith in God and did not trust God's saving power. Yet God commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. God rained down on the manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Mortals ate of the bread of angels. God sent them food in abundance. God caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by God's power, God let out the south wind. God rained flesh upon them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. God let them fall within their camp, all around their dwelling. And they ate and were well filled, for God gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and God killed the strongest of them, and laid low the flower of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. They did not believe in God's wonders, so God made their days vanish like a breath. And their years in terror, when God killed them, they sought God. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the Most High God, their Redeemer. But they flattered God with their mouths. They lied to God with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward God, and they were not true to God's covenant. Yet God, being compassionate, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Often God restrained God's anger and did not stir up all God's wrath. God remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and does not come again. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. See, God's hand is not too short to save, nor God's ear too dull to hear. Rather, your iniquities have been barriers between you and your God, and your sins have hidden God's face from you, so that God does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue mutters wickedness. No one brings suit justly, no one goes to law honestly. They rely on empty pleas, they speak lies, conceiving mischief and begetting iniquity. They hatch adder's eggs and weave the spider's web. Whoever eats their eggs dies, and the crushed egg hatches out a viper. Their webs cannot, survive, cannot serve as clothing. 
They cannot cover themselves with what they make. Their works are works of iniquity, and deeds of violence are in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they rush to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Desolation and destruction are in their highways. The way of peace they do not know, and there is no justice in their paths. Their roads they have made crooked. No one who walks in them knows peace. Therefore justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We wait for light, and lo, there is darkness, and for brightness but we walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, groping like those who have no eyes. We stumble at noon as in the twilight, among the vigorous as though we were dead. We all growl like bears, like doves we moan mournfully. We wait for justice, but there is none, for salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions before you are many, and our sins testify against us. Our transgressions indeed are with us, and we know our iniquities. Transgressing and denying God, and turning away from following our God, talking oppression and revolt, conceiving lying words and uttering them from the heart. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands at a distance. For truth stumbles in the public square, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and whoever turns from evil is despoiled. Here with the Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Friends, we're running short on time today, so we're going to skip the canticles and just go straight through the readings. A reading from the second letter to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Creator and Jesus Christ our Savior. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our God or of me, God's prisoner, But join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to God's own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that this one is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to them. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 
guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living within us. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. For it is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell. Wherever, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. So we've been talking a lot lately about, about perseverance and about prioritization. And here we address in our readings this morning what gets in the way of all of these things, what gets in the way of, of faith and putting God first and placing the needs of the immortal soul above what we consider to be basic needs here on earth. Isaiah tells us, your iniquities have been barriers between you and your God, and your sins have hidden God's face from you. Our gospel reading tells us, if any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. So what we have here is a reminder that it's not that God is ever far from us, but that we can be blocked from God just as, you know, having an obstacle between us and the sun means that we're in the shade instead of in the sunshine. We could spend a long time talking about what kind of barriers there are, you know. Um, it was very helpful to me years ago to read Beth's Mo Beth Moore's book, Get Out of That Pit, and she talked about you know, sometimes we jump in the pit, sometimes we're pushed in the pit, sometimes we are just walking along and fall in the pit. Like there's all these different ways. It's the, it's the same thing. We're talking about the same thing using different language. Um, barriers to God can come 
from all places. And I think we need to look past the blame and the shame. I was listening to you, Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, yesterday on my run. And she was talking with um, Dax Shepard and, oh gosh, I just forgot his name, the Entrepreneur, Entrepreneurs on Fire um, podcasting guy. Please forgive me. But, and they were talking about, about blame and how important it is to move past blaming for the problem into the solution. And I think that's what we need to do with the barriers, right? Um, as our gospel tells us, it's our responsibility to not be a barrier to someone else. And unfortunately, that's a lot of what the church has has been doing, is actually putting up barriers between people and God, saying, you cannot come to the table unless this. You cannot be holy unless this. And, and the truth is that we are all imperfect, could be blamed for many things, and yet are holy. And so my prayer for us today is that we could move past the shame that is a second barrier so that we can address those barriers that are there, so that we can remove whatever gets in the way of our receiving and thus then pouring out again God's love. And our epistle this morning talks, I think, on this theme. That God, as it says in verse 9, saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to God's own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So we're not earning it. It's not by our righteousness that we're saved. It's by Christ's grace. And that grace existed before the world, but was revealed to us through Christ. I think that's so important. It's not that there wasn't any grace before Christ. It's that Christ revealed grace to us. So just as we've been talking about there are obstacles, here's the door. Here's the way. Here is the ginormous drill that can bore through the rock that is the barrier. It is Christ. By whatever words we use to describe. And I think we need, just like we need to look past shame, we need to look past the barriers of culture and language and remember that though we speak from our own experience, because we speak from our own experience, we speak differently. We, we describe God differently. It, it doesn't mean that someone else's experience is wrong, just different. And we want so badly for what worked for us to work with everybody else. That's a good thing, right? To share some, but we have to remember that we're all different and our paths are different. And so it works for us to remove the barrier might not work for someone else. And the barriers are not the same either. You know, I, I think about other scripture readings about sin, talking about get rid of the log in your own eye before you start talking about the splinter in your neighbors. And it's the same with our barriers. You know, we can be like, look at that boulder in that person's way. How can they not see that and be trying to move that? We've all got our stuff. And so my prayer for us today is that 
God's love would permeate, that God's love would find its way through the barrier to so fill us that we can put all of the shame and all of the blame aside, that we can be cured of it, that it can be gone, that Christ can vanquish shame and blame for us, and that we can then freely accept God's grace and love and move through this world in love, acting unhindered. out of love, for love. All this I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to abbreviate the wrap-up this morning as well. We're going to use the prayers from the Iona community and, um, and then be done. So we're on page 12. Into your care, O God, we place those whom we love, those for whom we worry, those from whom in time or place or affection we are distant. Into your care, O God, we place what grieves us and what inspires us and fills us with hope. Into your care, O God, we give ourselves. God bless to us our bodies. God bless to us our souls. God bless to us our lives. God bless to us our belief. Let us share the prayer that Jesus taught us in our own language or preferred version. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us in the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. May the blessing of light be upon us, light without and light within. May the moon, sun, and stars shine on us and warm every heart till it glows like a great fire so that strangers and friends may come in and find welcome. May light shine out from our eyes like a candle set in a window. And may God bless us with goodness and loving kindness. Amen. <laughs>